You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience. But they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Hey, everybody, welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 95, and we've got a special episode dialed up for you today. We're reacting to the Jazz Grizzlies first round series, and we will be previewing the Jazz Lakers, scratch that, what? The best team in Los Angeles, the Jazz Clippers. Second round matchup, so we are glad to have you along, everybody. This is your host, Jeff. At least I don't wear my pants backwards, Burton. And I have got an all-star panel. Yeah, I know. It's not Shaq, Kenny, even Draymond and and the Chuckster. But the next best thing, ladies and gentlemen, that would be Chris. I'll cry if I want to, Mumford. Luca, PG-13 is the worst nickname, Isom. Shane, last night's Mayweather Paul fight was a joke, Bennett. And Tyler Rogers will come through yet again, folks. Miles. Gentlemen, what an all-star panel we have here today. Jeff, we're we're excited to be here. Hands are at the ready over over our buzzers. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't exactly know how we're gonna do this today. We've got a lot of energy. We've got a lot of opinions. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a quick show. Something I always tell you, Chris, let's keep it pithy. Let's see if we can do a 20-minute or I don't know if we can do that with this group. There's a lot of, as I said, opinions, um, some right, some wrong. But uh, what do you say we just uh, jump in and get started, gentlemen? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay, so again, with an all-star panel like this, we're going to have to go lightning round. Um, But before we get into the show, I do just have to call out Luca Isom. What's up, Luke? Nice to have you on the podcast. So sorry that we didn't roll out the red carpet more for you, that, you know, the green room was kind of a mess today, that you don't have your questions in advance. Are you going to be able to pull through for us? Oh, certainly. I'm just glad to be invited again. It's been a long time. I think I, I pissed everyone off a little bit too much last time. So thanks for having me back. Oh, please, Luke. You're invited every single time, and we beg you to come on, and yet every single time you're like, oh, I got plans or something. But it's an honor to have you, Luke. Thank you. And Shane and Tyler, our, our middlemen, glad to have you guys as well. Um, Shane, w- when's the last Jazz game you went to? I was at game two. All right, game two. Not game one. Game one was the only game that we didn't really care about. And uh, Tyler, are you attending Jazz games these days, or are you putting all your pennies to your Lambo trip? All my pennies are going to my Lambo trip, but I am considering actually using some of that money and going to a playoff game for the first time in my uh, existence, actually. I've never been to a Jazz playoff game, if you can believe it. Well, and I um, I want to start uh, the podcast here today with just quick reactions to the Jazz Memphis series. So um, let, let's hear just real quickly, Is it did it go like you thought it would go? Were you a little bit nervous after game one? 
Were you pleased with Donovan's return? Is Rudy playing like an MVP? What do you want to say about it? So, Luke, we'll start with you, then go to Shane, Tyler, and Chris. Luke, start us up. What was your reaction to the first-round series? Yeah, I mean, I think it went about as planned, right? We handled them. I, they were feisty. I'm kind of a fan of that team. I think they have a bright future. Uh, they got us in game one. You know, we had a little bit of rust, and they were vibing. Uh, but it's good to see that we kind of still just just owned them in that series. I think being the best team in the in the league this season, that's what we should have done, and, and they did it. So I, I think it went very well. Awesome. And Shane, paint the scene for us. You were there in game two. Does playoff basketball even compare to the regular season, or was it just off the charts? Playoff atmosphere in the Viv is something special, especially when they do the stripe out for the uh, – the city editions. It's it's really cool. They got these cool lights that are strapped to the seats and the railings of the stairs. And every time there's a three, it just goes nuts in there. So it was super fun. It was also the game that Donovan came back. So everybody was extra loud. So it was, it was a really cool experience. Nice. And how did the series pan out uh, for you? Is, is that kind of what you expected? Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you watch game one, I get, we've, we've talked about this amongst ourselves, but you know, we lost that game by three points. If bogey would have hit that three, it would have been overtime, and I think we probably could have snatched it in overtime. Uh, overall, I thought I thought it was a great series. I thought it was a good test for the team early. You know, sometimes the eighth seed is not well. You know, generally speaking, the eighth seed in the playoffs is not going to be as good as as Memphis. So to be able to have the opportunity to play a team like that, I think was to our benefit, knowing now that we'll have to play the Clippers. So, and I just got to say, big round of applause for the Jazz organization and. Dwayne Wade and you know, Ryan Smith and all those guys were taking care of John Moran's family. That was really cool what they did. And, uh, you know, proud to be a fan of this team. Amen to that. No, and I completely agree. And all kidding aside, I think I made a comment that it was kind of a cruel move to invite them to sit courtside for a beatdown as the Jazz put up 47 in the first quarter. But but completely agree with you. It, it was a class, class act and a class move and, and glad they did what they did. Tyler, how about you? How did this series pan out? Uh, compared to what you were thinking it was going to go. Yeah, I'll first say I agree with you. Really great what Ryan Smith has, uh, did with that situation. But overall, just with the entire uh, season, he's been killing it as a first-year owner. Can't be more pleased as a Jazz fan. Um, the season, the series went as, as much as I was expecting. And I honestly believe the Jazz would have won game one if they had even just known Donovan was out before that day. You know, jazz players found out after they took their afternoon power nap before the the game started, and they woke up and found out just like the rest of us from a a tweet from Woj or Shams or something. But if they would have known, like, oh yep, game one, you know, it's in a couple days. We know we don't have Donovan. We're gonna prepare to not have Donovan. I think we still would have won. I just think they were just so thrown off, just like the rest of us, that it just kind of messed with their mojo. Um, I do think it's a little bit interesting though. You know, watching that that playoff series. You know, we, we, we were expected to win that by everybody. And I'm so used to always the Jazz being the fifth seed in the playoffs for the last couple of years to where, you know, 
us as jazz fans, we don't even sit down. We stand the entire game in front of our television or at the stadium, and we cheer for just the simplest, you know, mid-range jump shots if we make it, and we go crazy because we're not expected to win. We're not expected to keep games close as we did. But with this one, the jazz are just, you know, we're so much more on a pedestal where I was just sitting on my couch watching the games like, yep, great three-point shot. You were supposed to make that, and you did. So um, it'll be interesting with the second round because I feel like we'll definitely, even though we're the number one seed still, uh, we'll be expected to lose the series. So I think that'll have more of that adrenaline and rush of, you know, like, come on, baby, let's win this. Let's win this. That I didn't get in the first round, which we've gotten in the first round in the past years. Yeah, good good take. Chris, how about you? Last but not least, bring us home. Uh, you know, obviously the outcome is what I expected, but I'm going to go a little different route here and say I, I I feel like we needed Donovan more than I sort of expected, meaning, you know, in a couple of those games in Memphis that ended up getting close toward the end, we really needed Don to get in there and get to the basket, get to the line. Um, you know, I'm not sure that we lose the series without Don, but I think it goes probably at least six games. It could have gone even further. So it, it may be a little concerned that like, and, and maybe that's not like the worst you know, um, thing in the world. Of course, you, you need a star player to perform well. But, you know, I, I think there were times it got a little tighter than than I was comfortable with. Some of those games were a little bit uh, nerve wracking and then we were able to pull it out. So I, I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm frankly, I didn't think that we would get it done in five after that first game. I thought it would go six. So glad we got out in five. I think we, you know, we definitely were dominant. We didn't lose many quarters at all in that that game in terms of the score and so forth. So, I mean, that was great. But it did give me some questions about our supporting cast, especially guys like Joe Ingles that just disappeared. Jordan was all over the place. Um, we can't play like that and beat the Clippers. So we they've got to understand they've got to get a lot better in this second series to win it. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, just to echo and underscore what the four of you have already mentioned, I think it was a great first round matchup. You know, what we didn't need is a yawner. What we needed was a scrappy kind of gut check type of an opponent. And granted, you know, some of those games were were over. They weren't that competitive. But I think that first game and then, you know, a couple of them, the, the, the second game, right, where they came back and they made a huge run, I think that was good for the Jazz. And agree with you, Chris. I mean, I, I think this is the time to figure it out. Obviously, it benefits to have Donovan, but if Donovan were to, to disappear for a little bit, I mean, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the money guy? And so it certainly was a good first round uh, match up for the Jazz. And now we go on to face the Los Angeles Clippers, who quite honestly is a team that is a, is a little bit scary. I feel like in this first round against the Mavs, they didn't play all that well. There were a couple games they looked pretty pretty lethargic out there. But you saw Game 6 and Game 7, what Kawhi Leonard can do, what uh, who Reggie Jackson was lighting it up, Mr. October was looking good. So, Chris, I want to go back around the horn. Let's start with you, then Tyler, Shane, and Luke. What's the thing you're looking forward to most in this series? What do the Jazz have to do in order to get the W? I feel like the easy answer is Mike Conley's health as far as what's the X factor. That's that's what most people are going to talk about. So, I mean, I think you can kind of take that as sort of the default answer there, and it's obvious why that would be. And in the games where we beat um, L.A. in the regular season, Conley had huge games, and I think he's he's good at carving up defenses. We need him, so there's that. But – I'll just circle back to what I, I finished on in my last comment. We've got to have more from our bench. Um, I think if we fight, 
you know, their starters to kind of close to a draw. If we can maybe beat their starters against our starters on the court by a few points, that's a win. But I think this series is going to be won and lost by the benches, by the reserves and, and backups. And so, you know, guys like Jordan Clarkson can't be on and off again. Like, we've got to have consistent performances from them. Joe Ingles is going to have to find his footing again. He's going to have to figure things out. So I, I would say it's that bench led by Jordan Clarkson. Tyler, how about you? What do you need to see for the Jazz to pull this one out in this series? I wish I had a different answer than Chris, but he's absolutely right. We need more consistency uh, from Clarkson, and we need relevancy from Ingles. I mean, he was a ghost in that whole series. I can't think of a single play that was like, yes, you know, glad we have Ingles on our bench. Like, no, not even like, you know, I think he had some good pick and roll passes to like um, favors and stuff. But overall, it's just like, you did us nothing. So I, I need him to be more important to us. And, um, you know, like we can't be relying on George Niang to be our best bench player. And, and uh, if Clarkson doesn't figure it out and get better shot selections, and if Ingles doesn't just even take more, just take him, Joe. I don't even care if you make him or not. Just take a freaking shot more often. Um, that'll help us win this series. Whoa, the true jazz passion coming out here. Yeah, we need Joe to be like he was against, who was it, the Houston Rockets a, a season or two ago, where he was a little bit nutty, a little crazy. We need that, Joe Ingles, for sure. Shane, how about you? What do you need to see for the Jazz to pull this one out? I'm with the peanut gallery. I mean, I think I think they said it all. I don't know what else needs to really be said. I, I think Jordan Clarkson was overall maybe like 4 out of 10 that whole series against Memphis. He was pretty terrible. So, you know, winning six man of the year doesn't give you a free pass. It means you have something more to prove why you deserve that award. And I think ever since they gave him that award on the court, I was there. They gave it to him in game two. And he didn't have a great game after that. He wasn't making shots. There was a lid on the basket. So I think him and Joe, I'm with Tyler, you know, take the freaking shot, Joe. You know, if you're really going to get in guys' ears and, you know, kind of mouth off to him and try to, you know, piss him off, back it up with some play. Because right now, he's not really doing that. He's he's kind of lost his fire. And I think, you know, maybe because we're playing the Clippers, he's got some history with the Clippers. Maybe that might get into his blood a little bit. We'll have to see. But the bench definitely has to step up. You can't be relying on the minivan to come pick you up from school every day. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> well said. Luke, how important is the home court advantage for the Jazz in this series? I, I think it's definitely a huge advantage. I mean, the Vivid Arena is pretty full. I was at game five, you know, that energy certainly can help help your team. And what I was going to say is the deciding factor of the series, I think, is going to be can we hit three-point shots? I think the reason the Mavericks lost is they went ice cold in game seven. You know, Tim Hardaway goes one and nine. Porzingis goes 0 of five from three. We shoot better at home. Most teams do. Um Obviously, having Conley healthy is going to help us hit more threes, so I, I don't want to say we don't need him or anything, but I think the number one thing we need to worry about is hitting the, hitting from range, and uh, and yeah, we I think we do that better at home, and I think it's harder for teams on the road to hit, hit from range uh, here. So yeah, I think it's massively important. I'm glad we got the number one seat. All right, and uh, quickly back to all of you, Luke, Shane, Tyler, and Chris. Right now... Who do you honestly think in your heart of hearts is the best team in Los Angeles? Is it the Clippers or do you think the Lakers still deserve a case for that? Luke, Lakers or Clippers? I mean, I guess we got to say the Clippers. They won their first first uh, round, right? And the Lakers did it. I'm, I don't think they're as good as everyone's making them out to be. I get that, you know, they've got the star power in Kawhi. I think Paul George might be a little overrated. He's certainly a great player still. Um 
I don't think either of them are that scary. I, I'm glad we're playing the Clippers, not the Suns right now, but I guess if I have to, to name a team for best of L.A., yeah, Clippers won, Lakers didn't. I don't know. The Lakers looked all out of sorts, so I'll, I'll take the Clippers there. Is anybody taking the Lakers? Everybody on board with the Clippers? I think you can make an argument with healthy AD, healthy LeBron, that you know they're at least still in the mix. But to Luke's point, neither one of them are juggernauts. And Jeff, let me just take this moment to bask in my own glory. I said the Lakers wouldn't win this year. I said it, okay? And I, I got that one right. It's one of the few things I've got right. Chris, it's about damn time, you know. We've been waiting for you to make some decent prediction on this show. Uh, Tyler and Shane in the middle, tell me, what did that feel like to see LeBron exit the playoffs round one for the first time in his 18-year career? Did you shed a tear, Tyler? Be honest. Did I shed a tear? Absolutely not. It's about time. And I was just, I hate the fact if they would have pulled off that victory, it would have been all because of LeBron. But none of the blame for losing that falls on LeBron. Um, I, I felt like that game five when they lost it in... Um, in Phoenix, I felt like he's like I could. I don't say they threw that game on purpose, but I could definitely see LeBron saying like, "Oh no, it's going to be a better comeback story now." When um, you know, because he's he's a storyteller, and I could definitely I saw it as a way for LeBron to make it look more dramatic when they pull off that series still. So to see him still lose, it was fantastic. And to answer your question, best team in LA, I think the less uh, the more functional team is the Clippers. But I'm gonna give me the LA Sparks, Jeff. I'm that's the best team in LA. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I I thought I was gonna say the Dodgers, so uh, you know the. Well, sports. I'm an Angels fan, so I'm not gonna say the Dodgers. Well, aren't they the California Anaheim Angels that play in Los Angeles? Or so, or the L.A. affiliated uh, <laughs> Angels. I can't remember. Shane, last call for you. Lakers, Clippers. Who would you not want to be facing right now? I mean, I'm kind of with Luke. I I kind of really don't care. I don't think they're. I don't think either team's that scary. I mean, we we I, that first series with uh, the Clippers just played just went seven games. Like those guys are probably gassed. So I mean, yeah. if you're really that good, you don't go seven games. I mean, yep. Luca took it to school. So yep, Luca looked good at times, and then yep, game seven. He, I mean, he looked great in the first half. Second half, not so much. But all right, so gentlemen, sorry that this is a short one. I shouldn't be apologizing to you. I should be apologizing to the audience. You know, with with Chris bringing that kind of analysis. I feel really bad that we're uh, exiting early, a la LeBron James. Here we go. Let's do quick predictions for the series. The game starts uh, Tuesday night in Salt Lake. It's a Tuesday, Thursday, and then I believe Saturday for the first three. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Who wins the series and how many games and who is the most valuable player? Again, this is lightning speed. Here we go. Chris. I think it's Jazz in seven. I think that it's uh, Donovan is your MVP. And uh, I think I think it takes them a little time to get things figured out. They're going to drop one or two at least. Um, but I think that the, the home court advantage will come back and save us in the end. Very good. Shane, let's jump to you next. I'm going to say Jazz in six. Donovan's the MVP. Well said. A little mic drop there. Uh, Luke, and then we'll finish with Tyler. Luke, what do you got? It's I'm going to say Jazz in six. Um I know the Clippers are scary, but I still think they can do it. I think Rudy's going to be the key. Uh, so I'll give him MVP with maybe co-MVP to Conley. And if he's not healthy, then I don't know what's going to happen. All right. And Tyler? 
I'm going to go with Luke. I think uh, Jazz win it in six. And Rudy Gobert is MVP. He honestly should be MVP after that Memphis series. Uh, he was so silently amazing. And um, the Clippers, their their size comes from Zubak. And I'll take Rudy over Zubak any day. And um, I know that Joe Ingles listens to this podcast. And he's, he's listening to Shane and I tell him to take more shots. So he's co-MVP. Oh, <laughs> Joe has been called out and he's listening. So I love it. I'm going Jazz. I'm either bringing out the broom in four, but I'm probably going to go five. I think the Jazz handle things, and I think uh, you know a well-rested Jazz team. They've they've done that a couple times. LA has to go sevens. I think the advantage uh, goes Utah. I think they win the first two, drop the next one, and then take care of business um, coming home. So it will be interesting. I do think the MVP will be Donovan as well. I think he is um, really prepped for this moment and is poised to have an MVP, uh, like an NBA MVP caliber performance. So uh, ought to be fun. Keep it here on Guys on the Sideline. We're going to be breaking down uh, this series and more to come if the Jazz can, as we predict, we'll get by the Los Angeles Clippers. Who's got my final word out the door and we got to say goodnight? Luke, do you need a final word? Uh, Go Jazz. I don't know. I've got nothing better than that. Tyler? I've got your final word. Mark Cuban, I know you listen to this podcast as well. Stop being loyal and fire Carlisle already. What's wrong with Carlisle? Um, I don't know. Maybe if you fire him and hire uh, Matt Jensen after the uh, Jazz win the finals, he can teach Porzingis how to play some defense, and you might be able to get past the first round in the playoffs. Ooh, I'm late for my next meeting. Stotts got fired in Portland, and Laker fan Ryan sent me a um, tweet that said that Rumors are starting for Lillard to the Lakers. LeBron's going to be trying to make that happen. What do you guys think? What's what's the chances of Lillard, uh, old Dame time, to Hollywood? Absolutely no chance. Laker fans drive me nuts because they think they can trade people like KCP and Kyle Kuzma for somebody like Lillard. Like, get your head out of your butt. It's not going to happen, guys. Woo! Chris, let's give you the final word. Yeah, I agree with all that. I'll, I'll say, though, on Carlisle, I think I think Carlisle elevated a really mediocre Dallas team. I think Memphis was a harder out in some ways in that first round. I was not afraid of Dallas at all. I think that they were bad, and, and it's only kind of good coaching that probably kept them relevant. But no, no Dame to L.A. I agree with Tyler. It's, it's a ridiculous notion. Um, but let's just say final word, um, you know, rest in peace to Mark Eaton. We, we haven't even mentioned him yet. We gotta, we gotta make this the Eaton season. We gotta, you know, we gotta get all the way and win this thing for him. Chris, thank you. We will record in episode fifty-three. That the, for those that listen, you know, we never recorded because we were in talks with Mark Eaton. He was um, fixing to come on the show, and we never made it happen. And so sad, um, way too soon. And what, a, what a good guy. So rest easy, big fella. For Luke and Shane and Tyler, Chris, this is Jeff. We say go Jazz. Adios. Bye-bye. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time. Go look alive. Downtown Salt Lake City.